So good to be here with you again. Thanks to uh, Pastor Ricky and just the awesome worship. Let's give God praise for that worship. Amen. Such, such a talented family. Glory to God. Speaking of family, I was here last evening with my son. My son is uh, concluding his master's work in psychology, and it's a little over an hour drive for us to, to get here, and uh, I'm getting so I don't uh, want to say much in front of him. I think he is secretly analyzing me. But I am blessed to have my wife here with me today. She is a, a great support here and a great support in life. I am so blessed uh, by her. This morning, uh, just to, to get us started, I uh, began with this poem, and I want to share it with you as well. Is anybody here familiar with the poem, uh, Footprints in the Sand, Footprints in the Sand? Okay, quite uh, a number of you. Well, this is a, a, a variation of that, and it is called Butt Prince in the Sand. <laughs> Butt Prince. One night I had a wondrous dream. One set of footprints there was seen, the footprints of my precious Lord, but mine were not along the shore. But then some stranger prince appeared, and I asked the Lord, what have we here? Those prints are large and round and neat, but Lord, they are too big for feet. My child, he said in somber tones, for miles I carried you alone. I challenged you to walk in faith, but you refused and made me wait. You disobeyed, you would not grow. The walk of faith, you would not know. So I got tired, I got fed up, and there I dropped you on your butt. Because in life there comes a time when one must fight and one must climb, when one must rise and take a stand or leave their butt prints in the sand. Amen. Amen. Today we talk about the Holy Spirit, the power from on high. The disciples were told not to do anything. Don't start a soup kitchen. Don't begin any ministry until you be endued with the power from on high. Power from on high. That power is in the form of fruit, like patience and love and joy and peace and kindness. That power is in the form of gifts like knowledge and wisdom and faith, which all witness to God's power within us. And the beginning of our transformation into the image of Jesus Christ. Also, the Holy Spirit works through the word of God. I want us to know that. The Holy Spirit works through the word with the principles and applications. So the Holy Spirit constantly reminds us of the word. So against that backdrop, I want to read our scripture for you. Just one verse comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 20 and verse 9. Hear the word of God. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more of his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire, 
shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. We want to consider this word in the framework of our sermon title for today, Lit, L-I-T, Lit. Let us pray. Oh, awesome and loving God, we give you thanks for this day, for this hour. Rain down upon us, Holy Spirit, filling us until we are overflowing. The people will see all that we do and know that you are real and give you the glory. In the name of the one who is our example, example of love and faith and service, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Amen. The word for the day is lit. Somebody say lit. Okay, I can see where we are. We're going to have to do better than that. Somebody say lit. Lit. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. We're getting there. This is an eight o'clock service. Y'all already awake. Let's go. You see, lit is the past participle of light. Lit is also slang or street vernacular, if you will, for intoxicated, inebriated, or turned up, popping at the next level. Kids all over time, a lit is lit, lit, lit. It has become part of the urban lexicon, lit, lit, lit. So I want you to keep that in mind as we look at some other texts. Ephesians 5.18 says this, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.13 reminds us that when the Holy Spirit first fell upon the New Testament Christians, people around them thought that they were drunk, filled with new wine, some new kind of stuff, something just made. So as we look at these passages, one can't help but wonder Why is being filled with the Holy Spirit compared to being drunk? Are there any similarities between being drunk and being filled with the Holy Spirit? Let's consider it for a moment. We all know what it looks like when a person is intoxicated, when a person is drunk, right? I know y'all know what it looks like when somebody's intoxicated or drunk. Don't act like you don't know. You weren't always saved. I see y'all. We all know what it looks like when a person is intoxicated, when a person is drunk. When they are, they don't act like they do when they're sober. When a person is intoxicated, perception is all off. In other words, when you're drunk, you don't see like you do when you're sober. You don't hear the same. You don't react the same. Perception is off. And isn't it? Also true with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, we don't see the same. Instead of seeing a closed door on our spiritual journey, we instead see an opportunity for God to open doors that no one can close. We don't see the same. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we don't hear the same. For example, the doctor might be giving us a bad report, but in the midst of what the doctor is saying, what we hear is this, by his stripes I am healed. I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. We just don't hear the same. We don't see the same. And guess what? Filled with the Holy Spirit, we don't respond the same either. Our reflexes are different. Our reaction different. What do you mean? 
Filled with the Holy Spirit, we don't repay evil for evil. Filled with the Holy Spirit, we find ways to love our enemies, to bless those that curse us, to do good to them that hate us, to pray for those who spitefully use us different, different, different. Seeing differently, hearing differently, reacting differently. This is drunk without drinking. This is high on the Holy Ghost. Somebody say lit. Oh, all right. Lit, lit. How might we further identify someone who is Holy Ghost lit? Well, we know if you are on the street and you stop by an officer for drinking, a person might be subject to a breathalyzer test. Breathalyzer, used to determine alcohol content. How much alcohol do they have inside? But is there a test to determine the level of the Holy Spirit inside? Well, I'm glad you asked. With the Holy Spirit, we also check to see what's coming out of a person's mouth. Blessings and cursings should not proceed out of the same mouth. I'm talking about Holy Ghost lit. Also, 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 in the world, there is what is known as the um, sobriety test, the field sobriety test. But with the Holy Spirit, we don't ask the person to touch their nose or walk in a straight line. With the Holy Spirit field test, we want to check your love. How is your love level? How are you loving on people? With the Holy Spirit field test, we want to check your joy when things are not going your way. We want to look at your peace when the storms of life are raging. With the Holy Ghost field test, we want to look at your faith. When the odds are stacked against you. How patient are you when folks are trying your last nerve? How gentle can you be when you have to correct someone? How kind when someone is in need? How is your self-control with all manner of temptation coming your way? This is the Holy Ghost field test. And if you find somebody who's got all of this, they're loving and patient and kind. Somebody who's walking and living like that. We don't just say they're Holy Ghost high. Colloquially, we say they're tore up from the floor up. Oh my goodness, that's, that's drunk. That's drunk on the Holy Spirit. Tore up from the floor up. Somebody say lit. Oh, we're getting there. Jesus said, I came to bring fire upon the earth. And oh, how I wish it were already kindled. I wish the fire were already burning, already hot, already ignited, already smoking. He was talking about the purifying work of the Holy Spirit. Is anybody in here lit for Jesus? Oh, glory to God. And guess what? If we're lit, we need to stay lit. And in order to stay lit... We have to be entrenched. We have to be rooted. We have to be steeped in the word of God. Not just for information, but for transformation. We've got to know it. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will remind us of his word. The Holy Spirit will remind us of the word of God. And when you're in the word, the Holy Spirit causes something to happen deep inside of you. Jeremiah said the word inside of me is like a fire. Shut up in my bones. He could not hold it in. There's something about the word of God that gets you turned up. There's something about the word of God that sets you on fire. Gets you lit. Remember the two disciples who were on the Emmaus road? They were dejected and depressed and despondent. And along comes Jesus. The Bible says that he opened up to them the word of God. He began to teach them all things in the scripture. And after hearing all of this, one said to the other, didn't our hearts burn? 
as he opened up the scriptures to us. Somebody say lit. They were lit. They were lit. They heard the word of God. Holy Spirit moving in them. Ah, just thinking about the word of God ought to set us on fire. Just reading the word of God ought to set us aflame. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If God is for me, then who can be against me? Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Oh, do you feel it getting hot in here right now? It's getting a little warm right now. The word ought to set us on fire. I lift up mine eyes towards the hill from whence cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I know the plans God has for me. Plans to prosper me and not harm me. To give me a future and a future with hope lit, lit, lit every now and then. If I just think on the word of God, I get a little hot every now and then. I just, I just feel like the, the torch from Fantastic Four flame. I just want to walk into the room. Flame on! Flame on! Oh, glory to God. Lit, lit, lit. He's my rock and my sword and my shield. Flame on! He's a very present help in a time of danger. Flame on! He's my strong tower, my light and my salvation, my bridge over troubled water. Flame on! Oh, glory to God. If you're on fire, For the Lord, if you're lit, everyone in your vicinity, everyone close to you ought to be in danger of getting burnt. As a matter of fact, you need to be walking around with a neon sign saying, danger, 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 danger. Lit, somebody say lit. Oh, glory to God. I don't know about you, but I am easily ignited. I am highly combustible. Somebody say lit. Oh, y'all are with me now. Woo! All I need to do is to think on the name of Jesus. It doesn't take much to set me off. And you know, wherever I go, I'm bringing the heat. I'm bringing the heat. Let me slow this thing down before we go supernova in here. (laughs) We need to be lit because we're in a fight. And the word of God will help us get through. The word of God will keep us aflame as we battle. We're in a fight, we're in a battle. The enemy is seeking whom he may destroy, whom he may devour. And the word is our weapon. You remember when Jesus was in the desert, Satan was all over Jesus, just hitting him with everything. Bam, bam, bam. And Jesus responded, it is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. The word of God is our protection. I want to give you an illustration. I, I like pri- prize fighting. My wife and I, we used to travel all over, following one of our local fighters out of Virginia, which is where we are originally from. And if you've ever seen a prize fight, you know that in addition to the combatants, there's a third person in the ring. And his final instructions before the fight, protect yourself at all times. Protect yourself at all times. The word is our protection. We need to remember that Satan doesn't fight fair. 
There will be some low blows. There will be some hitting below the belt, just like in a prize fight. There's going to be some clutching and some holding. If you are doing particularly well, your opponent will want to slow you down. And he'll grab on hold. He'll wrap his arms around you. He'll try to entangle you. He'll try to keep you from moving. He'll put you in a stronghold. And Satan has some of us right now in some holding patterns, some real strongholds like addiction and confusion and apathy. He wants to keep us from moving. But I love what the third man in the ring does when there's some holding going on. He'll do one of two things. He'll either step in and break the hole or he'll say fight to get out. Fight to get out. Sometimes we can just wake in the morning and just not have those desires, not have those feelings anymore. The hold is broken. But more often than not, we've got to do something. The third man in the ring says, fight, fight, fight to get out. Sometimes we must fight to get out, fight to get out of certain patterns and behaviors and attitude attitudes. Jesus is the other person in our situation. We've seen it with the Hebrew boys. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He was in the fire with them. Sometimes he'll just break the hole, just deliver us. Other times he'll say, fight to get out. And the Bible says by his divine power, he has given us everything we need for life and goodness. We have to fight to get out. Everything we need is in the word. The word that is used by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit continues to remind us of the word so that we can fight to get out. Continues to remind us of the power that we have within. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is within us. Fight to get out. Use what we've been given. We've been given the word of God. And the word of God is quick and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. And Jesus says this about it. Every dot Every mark will be fulfilled. Every single letter will be fulfilled. The Lord our God says every word that proceeds from God will not return without accomplishing everything God sent it to do. Fight to get out. And don't you want all that God has for you? When we walk in the word, when we live in the word, when we experience, we can experience all that God has for us. The abundant life that will keep us lit. The abundant life that will keep us aflame. Let's talk about the word that leads to lit life, that word that the spirit works through. In Luke 12, 32, Jesus says, it is the father's desire. It's the father's good pressure to give you the kingdom. And what I love is how Jesus follows it up. Jesus says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. It is the father's joy to give you the key, the, the, the kingdom. And Jesus follows that up by saying, here are the keys. Here are the keys. The father wants to give you the kingdom. Here are the keys to the kingdom. Applying the word of God to our lives. I want to talk about these keys for a moment. These keys on my keychain, I got a lot of keys. I have so many keys, I don't know what these keys are for. <laughs> now, when I first got these keys, I used the keys, and I knew what they were all for. 
But as time goes on, you're using the keys less and less until you forget what they're for. I'm afraid to throw any of them away. <laughs> Somebody knows what I'm talking about. We get in the word, we got it. But as time goes on, using less and less. We tend to forget about the less used keys and consequently there are doors that we are not opening although we have the keys. Ah, glory to God. The word of God is like a set of keys to the promises of God. And God has more for you. You still have the keys. Use the keys. And through the word of God, we got all kinds of keys. We got spare keys and extra keys and multi-purpose keys. And multi-purpose keys are for more than one door. Works in more than one situation. I'm going to give you an example of a multi-purpose key. A key you can use in more than one situation. A key that opens more than one door. You can use it if you've been passed over for a promotion. You can use it if you got a flat tire. You can use it if you just got fired. And here's the key. Here's the key. All things, all things work for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. All things, no matter what you're going through, what you're experiencing, there's a multi-purpose key that you use. No matter what is happening in your life, all things work for the good. All things work for the good. All things work for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to God's purpose. Another Marty purpose key that you need to have at the ready, it comes from Psalms, and I love this one. Marty purpose key from Psalms. The psalmist says this, I would have given up. I would have given in. I would have thrown in the towel, except I stayed long enough. Except I believed long enough. Except I hung in there long enough to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Does anybody have an I-weighted praise? Oh, glory to God. I got an I-weighted praise. We're in a society now where people don't want to go through anything. They want to be delivered from everything. But I know about a God who will get you through. And I refer to him as God of the get through. And see, when you get through, you're wiser, you're stronger, you're better. When you get through, when God gets you through, the Holy Spirit working in and through you, you come out lit. Somebody say lit. Oh, glory to God. Use the keys, use the keys, use the keys. Got an outweighted praise. But that ain't all we have. We also have master keys. Now, you know, master key fits every door. A master key is for every situation. If you're fighting an uphill battle, going through tough illness, surrounded by hate, there's a key you can use. And here's that key. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The keys are to the doors that would get us through. Doors that would get us through. And we come out ready for the world. The word gets you there. The keys get you there. Hold on to the word of God. Seal it in your hearts. Have it ready on your lips and you'll find that you are lit. And not just a spark. Not just a flash. Not just a flicker. But a full-blown flame. In our house, we have uh, a gas stove. 
And when you first turn it on, it goes to light or lit, light or lit. But you can't stop there. Some of you know you can go to one and you go to two, you can go to three, go all the way up to ten. Once you get lit, you got to turn it up. You can't stay where you are. You have to continue to grow in faith. The Bible says faith to faith. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. You got to turn it up. And I don't know about you, but I want to be all the way up. Now, if you talk to somebody and they say, look, I heard that DS at the, the 8 o'clock uh, service. Somebody say, I was at the, at the 930 service. What's wrong with that DS? You tell them he's all the way up. I'm all the way up because all the way up brings real joy. All the way up brings real peace. All the way up brings real hope, real love. I'm talking about lit all the way up. The other thing is this. I told you before, when you get lit, stay lit. Let your light so shine among people. Stay lit. You are the light of the world. Cannot be hidden. Stay lit. The word of God is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. The Holy Spirit working in you. The word is a lamp and a light. The word is a lamp. And a light. The word is a lamp and a light. I just came today to remind you. Stay lit. Amen. <laughs>